Because you should have. Like, it's already almost 2019. You should have thought about something. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I thought about it. I if got this it. is the precursor of you thinking about <laughs> the next year, then... We got four I'm, minutes. I'm, glad I'm ready. I'm glad we started this. Because yeah. that's the whole reason. All right. Ashley had the questions. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, if you can pick one word to describe 2018, what is it? Oh, fuck. 2018 is a smell. What's the smell? The ocean. Dog pee. Stank. Something rancid. What do you hope for in 2019? Self-improvement. New beginnings. More dick and a higher wage. Health, lots of work. And I get to say I do to my beautiful fiancé. We We love love Captain! Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums, let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jared Hagland. I'm Ashley Fair. And we are Gay, gay Best, Best Friends. As uh, so we're recording this right before New Year's, but it'll be New Year's when you're hearing it. So happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. Or New Year, I guess. It's just one. No, happy all the New Year's. <laughs> uh, are you excited about it? I love New Year. Yeah. <laughs> it is plural. <laughs> I love New Year's Eve. I love all the ritual related to it um, or that you can create yourself. I like creating my own. Oh, I'm glad you do because it is to me, I don't know, it's not something that does it for me. Mm. It's one of the most, more useless holidays in my mind and I always have to like force myself to be kind of interested in it. Starts the calendar over again. Yeah, that's very true, but it just, <laughs> I don't know. It always feels forced, but you seem to like get into it really naturally. It's fun. It's shiny. You get to be as glamorous as you want or not glamorous as you want, as cozy as you want. So you actually like New Year's. You like New Year's traditions, superstitions. Mm-hmm. What, what are your New Year's superstitions? So I always try to clean the house completely before oh. uh, the New Year. Um, so dusting, open up all the windows. Um, I grew up with smudging as part of our regular household thing. So I try to smudge cool. the house. Um, Jared doesn't love the smell of... Um, burning sweetgrass so i have to do it when she's really? at home yeah i agree right it's the most beautiful smell in the world but yeah. i grew up with it so it's like a so yeah so i do all of that try to get all the, the bad energy of the past year out and it's important to open the window so there's a place for that energy to go i just learned though that some people believe that you shouldn't do any of that you shouldn't leave move anything out of your house before january 2nd say Why? uh because it means that you are then casting out all opportunities for the year ahead you could metaphorically be just sending away all good things so there are my guests then from that there's like you can do it a million different ways you have to make your own superstitions yeah so what like with this new year's what will you do well fortunately this new year's jerick has already done a huge clean of the house oh perfect so it's great because i uh, i was working yesterday the day before most of my pre-new year's eve time has been spent working so i haven't had time to do the big clean but jerick did it so that's good. I'm still going to do a smudge uh, and then and then bring people into the home. So this is going to be the first New Year's since uh, our very first New Year's together, Zach and I. 
that we are actually going to be together. Because uh, he's usually off working. He flies. No, he doesn't fly. Play, he flies on planes for a living. And this is going to be the first one. And we are going to be spending it with you. I think that's a great sign of things to come. Right? Yeah. I think so. It's going to be a really close year for us, I think. With all the stuff we're going to be doing, this podcast. I'm very excited. I've um, been slyly calling it with Zach the lesbian party. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It It is mostly almost entirely lesbians. And then we're bringing a friend of ours, a friend, Megan. And she's she's a great girl. Like, she's one of my favorite people. I think she could find someone there. She's not gay, but I I feel she's discerning enough. Sorry, not discerning and like casual enough that I feel she like could get hit on for an hour by someone. And at the end of the night, get asked for her phone number and not realize that she like just agreed to like go on a date. <laughs> well, now I have to rethink who I'm inviting because I think everyone's all boot up. Oh, Uh-oh. really? Yeah. That's quite a party that everyone's already together. You know, oh, no, there's definitely at least two coming who are not. Okay. So. There's still hope. <laughs> Do you set intentions or resolutions for years to come? Um, I have in the past. Um, I, in the past, like one year, I decided to be vegetarian for the month of January and I ended up being vegetarian for two years. Wow. Um, so in the past, I've done things to like set the year off. I usually save it for my birthday. My birthday is when I kind of usually reflect on the year that I've had and reflect mm-hmm. on the year ahead. Um, this year was so busy, I didn't. So this year, I am kind of focusing in. I got this from my sister to make like goals, like not resolutions, mm-hmm. like not I want to be more fit. I want to, you know, do this, do that. It's like more specific, achievable, just like goals you want to do in the year. Um, so I have a short list. I'm still in the making of it. But so far this year, my list includes finish two knitting projects because in the past like year and a bit I've started several but never finished anything go to Castle Fun Park in Abbotsford because I haven't been in years and I love it oh my god carve 15 pumpkins swim in the Pacific Ocean because we live right by it and I've only done it once make a layered cake see a play go kayaking and visit a new country are the ones on my short Ooh. So for most of those, I I just want to volunteer as tribute to join you on. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I'm down with all of it. How about you? Do you make resolutions? Do you like to set goals for the year ahead? I do. I set moods for myself, mm. I think is the best way to put it. So, so in past years, it's been this year, I'm going to laugh it off more often, uh, oh. which I stuck to that year. It was uh, actually a really stressful year. I think it was my first year out of university working a lot more contract jobs and you just have to take things as they come. And I actually had a really great year and I just tried to remember just to laugh it off. Anything bad that came my way, it's okay. That's you a great move on one. To the next thing. It was really good. I'm trying to get that back in. So do you have one for this year or do you not say till New Year's? I like, do. You know? No, no, I, I do have one. And this one is to be less polite. To be less polite. I know. I know. I hear, I hear your tone. Okay, no, but I believe it. We were... Um, we were having lunch and stuff just before this, and the waiter came and brought me a drink, just me, and before he even put my drink down, Ashley just turned to the waiter and said, thank you, <laughs> for no, she had nothing to thank him for. I'm very polite. So I, you could reel it in. That's not the kind of polite that I'll reel back, though. Okay, so you don't want to reel back manners. You no. Just no, I just, I want to stop worrying about offending people. Mm, that's, yeah. And that's worrying about... um. I want to stop worrying about offending employers or coworkers in a, not in a, like, I'm going to start 
saying awful jokes in the workplace kind of way, but more in a I am ready to challenge expectations or opinions. Is that focus? You're not Mm -hmm. just going to start dropping the N word or like. Exactly. And I wasn't sure how else to put it other than to be less polite because whenever I hold back, it's because I think I was raised with a very strong sense of respecting authority, respecting your employer people older than you in general, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I still have respect for people who know more than me, who have been in a position longer than me, who have power over my employment. But I also feel like in the past year especially, I could have pushed back a lot more on certain projects or expectations. And I was just too afraid to because I'm so used to being polite to people in higher positions than myself. No, I think that's a great one. Year of Ashley. The year of the Ashley? You don't know Seinfeld. I <laughs> Not that well. Did you know that was a Seinfeld reference? I mean, it's an everyone reference. I did know it's been on Seinfeld. Mm, is it ever, I don't did it start a, in rap, did it start in Seinfeld? I don't know, but the I year of George, so. I think was <laughs> I think so. Maybe it's it's a it was at the very least it was a it was a statement made just before right as the internet became a thing. Okay. So, like, maybe that's why it's viewed as the first. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. So I think George said it first. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a mood for, like, the new year or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I like I like your things to do as well, and I, I want to think more about that. Actually, when you first told me a few of your uh, goals for the year, I wanted to think of some for myself, and I didn't because... I only knew that half an hour before we okay, Well, this isn't the year up. of Ashley. That's next year. <laughs> so I am going to think about over the next day and a half or so, I'm going to think about things I want to do this year. So last week I sent you this list of, what was it, ways, a way to spend your 2019? 20 new rules for the new, new year. That's right. 20 new rules for the new year. Uh, a friend of mine posted on Facebook, and this list is, for the most part, great. But there were a few items on it that I just kind of raised an eyebrow at, and I sent it to you, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And did you raise your eyebrow at a couple? I did. Um, I would say more than a couple. Oh, there's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read you, dear listener, the whole list. Um, but there are just naturally some good ones. Like number one, right off the top, is generosity beats scarcity in every situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can argue with that. And number seven, impact is a better measure of success than income. I'm a big believer in that. There's one that I really, really love. Number 12, be polite, be on time, and be optimistic. Like, if I could teach a future child of mine anything, it would be those three things, because I think they're all very important. But be polite, be on time, be optimistic, I think are just three things in life. If you can just do that in a new year, you are doing amazing. Those are, that's, that's, if there's a definition of Ashley, that's me. I try very hard to be on time. I would agree with two of those. <laughs> no, you're pretty on time. It's, it's, I get a little loosey-goosey on on time nowadays. It's Vancouver life. That's Vancouverites true. Vancouverites are the worst at being on time. Yeah. I would think you're worse at it if I didn't have friends who were even worse at it. Yeah. See, and I try, I used, one, I used to be really anal about being on time. I would be early to everything. So much so when I was 12 and I would go to my self-defense class and my mom, I'd be ready with my shoes on ready to go 45 minutes before class started. It took 10 minutes to get to the actual place. (laughs) 
my mom would be like, Ashley, take off your shoes. We have lots of time. Oh, I believe my high school drama teacher used to say, to be early is to be on time. And I've held that with me, and I developed my own one that I say often is, if you're not punctual, you're not functional. Ooh. And I love it. I would say this last year, I've actually gotten really bad. I've gotten much worse at being on time, though. And I think, like you said, it's being in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It's a chronic thing. It is, it is chronic. And you'll hear about it from anyone who's moved out of Vancouver. And they've adjusted to life in Toronto or Edmonton or Montreal. And they're just like, fuck, my Vancouver friends came to visit. And they were half an hour late. And that's just normal. We text. Say, oh, sorry, I, uh, I'm on the train. But you're actually just put your shoes on. How great is it to live near mountains and the ocean that we give up um, affordability and people being on time? Like the sacrifices we make for where we live is just atrocious. <laughs> I have giantly sidetracked. So what... So what on this list does, like, pops out to you and makes you kind of, like, pull your eyebrows and go, that's, that's weird? This might be controversial. Uh, I really hated number two. If you're the most successful person in the room, find a new room. Because I believe in raising other people up. And if you're the most successful person in the room, I believe that you should step back and make space for other people. Mm-hmm. I don't think you just go off to find somewhere else that you can be the top. Yeah. But no, I think, yeah, if you're the most successful person in the room, like, use it. Lift other people up. What else did you not like? I know that we were talked about the if, sleeping. If you're not up early, you're sleeping too late. And then it's contradicted later. I forget which one I'm trying to find it. Number 14, make time to rest. Sleep is a secret weapon of true A players. Right. I don't like a list that's telling me to sleep but get up early. You're saying go to bed at nine. And that does not jive with how I work. Sleeping isn't rest. Like, I don't, like, I, sorry, I know that uh, in that statement it says make time to rest, sleep, but I don't believe sleeping is rest. Sleep is, to me, kind of a chore. You have to sleep agree. so your body's good to go. But resting is taking yeah, a moment. That relaxing. That mm-hmm. It's a sleep in. So don't get up early. Yeah. Um, what else do I think about this list? Ugh. <laughs> what? Genius is less about genetics and more about obsessive amounts of practice. This sounds unhealthy. It, it sounds also unhealthy. is incorrect. So it sounds unhealthy because of the word obsessive. Mm-hmm. What do you not like about this? Isn't genius about genetics? I don't, well, I amount of it. Probably more about like environment and privilege than right. genetics. Yes. Um, so, but either any, yes, you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily about genetics as much as it is about environment and privilege I, I think i would agree with this one if it just said genius is less about genetics and more about a healthy amount of time that you put into practice <laughs> i just don't like the obsessive part but i do no. think that like focusing in on something and practicing yeah. is more important than what you're given in life oh and then what the victim calls luck the hero calls relentlessness I don't even know what I hate so much about that one. It's, but I don't <laughs> there's like so it. much. It just like feels gross. I hate the term victim used in it. Mm. It's unfair. Yeah. Some things are about luck. I don't even have the words for how much that statement bothers me. And I don't even I don't know how to express it. It's brilliant for a podcast. <laughs> Ages don't even know how to express <laughs> it. If you could see my heart right now. <laughs> Oh, but one thing I did like was a failure only becomes a failure if you let it become a failure. And that's something I believe in very strongly. It's number eight. Um, 
I do. I do believe that you can't fail at anything unless you just decide that was a failure. So the one I don't like, another one I don't like is epic performance has more to do with saying no than saying yes. I, I see where they're coming from, I think, is that like, you know, in this day and age, especially people need to say no, need, people need to push things off their plate. But I just, I don't know. I think performance success normally comes from saying yes to things. Yes and. Yeah. So my number one thing. That'll something I'll add to my list for 2019. Do yes everything and. as if I'm doing improv. Perfect. Yes and. And put on a funny hat. Okay, Jarrett. 2019, the last year of the teens. What are you looking forward to? Not in my personal life, but I'm very much looking forward to the progression of legal cannabis. I've been super excited about this year. Like, to me, it's something I never thought would happen in my life. And we're still stuck in BC with one legal store. And you don't have edibles. You don't have all these things. I'm really excited to see what this year holds um, for the industry and for legalization. Would you call yourself somewhat of an expert on what's happening coming up? I would say I'm well informed. So I have a question about edibles. Sure. I can pretend. Is it true that edibles are going to become a legal item? This year? Yeah, they're going to be legal. Um, I haven't looked into it enough, but the federal government put out the guidelines for what's probably going to be. And what was decided was that the first year of legalization, they wouldn't do it because it involved more work and more studies and things. Um, but yeah, no, it's coming. Oh, my gosh. Does that mean, though, that if you buy an edible cookie or an edible chocolate bar, would, they have to, would you have to individually wrap each portion for a proper... You know when you eat an edible cookie, perhaps you might know this, and you just, if you eat too much, I, you just get too... Like I said, I haven't looked at what they're okay. proposing, but I, but I don't know, but that's a very good question. I, I'm of two minds. Like, yes, that would make perfect sense to have a dose. Um, but on the other hand, you could buy a whole bottle of wine. And that's not a dose. Oh, that's a really good point. Man. And cannabis has been falling in this weird middle ground of alcohol rules and tobacco rules. And I think there are such different substances. Mm. But I, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting year for that. Other things I'm looking forward to this year are... How much fun we're going to have. We're going to have such a fun year. Yeah, it will be a fun year. I guess you have more than me. You're turning 30, which is, I assure you, not as scary as it seems on the TV. I'm very excited to turn 30. And this is... I'm, I'm such a, I guess, a weird human. In that I've always looked forward to being older. For some reason, 30 just feels like such an adult age. And I know, especially nowadays, 30 doesn't really mean much anymore. Like, has there, has there been any age that, like, made you pause or, like, really reflect or shook you a little bit? No, occasionally I realize that I'm 29. Yesterday, my coworker had his birthday day before and I asked how old he turned he said 19 and I was and this morning I was just 19. like I'm 10 years older than him I've never had someone 10 years older than me that was kind of my equal like <laughs> oh my god 19 yeah I'm so fascinated with younger people yeah like I have one 21 year old friend you know him as well and I'm sure he gets fucking annoyed with it because I just pepper him with questions constantly about like, you don't even know what dial up internet was. You don't you don't remember when Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler were actually legitimate actors and funny. I didn't even think about that. This is 
kind of the funny thing about working in a job where it's a long-term corporate kind of environment, you don't really get to know people in a fast way like you do in my past jobs, like campaign mm-hmm. work, where it's a short period of time, so you get to know people really fast. And you can ask all those funny questions, but it's an immediate charm, your immediate family. Yeah. Whereas in this corporate environment, you're not an immediate family, and you're just kind of a weirdo. No, if you it's a slow make drip those of jokes. getting to know people. And I, when I found out he was 19, I had so many things to say. Dial-up internet is one I always forget to bring up. Yeah. So it's a really exciting year for you. <laughs> you're turning 30, and what else is happening? I'm getting married. Going to the chapel, and we're gonna get married. Going to the chapel. getting married that's so exciting i'm very excited that's good that's really where you should be (laughs) so i never imagined myself getting married um and i recently found an old diary a little entry where i even said when i get older when i grow up i want to be a single mom with a little girl oh that's so cute yeah i never ever imagined another person i think that i imagined being a single parent because I never imagined a female partner mm, being a normal thing. I grew up in smallish towns, um, very churchy towns. I didn't know any or very many, but I didn't know any queer couples mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So I think for me, I only saw the option of just being a single mom. But now you're getting married. <laughs> yes. To Jerrica. We can say her name. We didn't on the first episode because we weren't sure, but I'm assuming we are sure now. I've said her name on the second episode and she didn't say anything. Okay, so we're sure it's Jerrica hey. you're marrying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How's preparations? Like, this has to be somewhat go time? I don't... It's it's officially go time. Yeah. Um, We had slowed down a little bit because we had dog surgery and this and that. And it's been a very... 2018 was the year of the dog, for sure. Uh, which took up all of our wedding savings. Was it actually? <sighs> Pretty much. I was looking like, at my um, memories. Oh, I meant more like in the Chinese calendars, the year of the dog. Oh. Like, is it literally the year of the dog? Oh, I wonder. So now we're officially, we have our save the date sent out. We have to design our invites and a wedding website. Sorry to stop you. Have you like run into anyone since the save the dates are out that didn't get invited and kind of like hints for an invite? Not yet. And to be fair, most of our aren't out. Oh, no. So we, they should have been. still hope. <laughs> they should have been. Okay, I'm no. sorry. I need to stop you. 2018 was the year of the fucking dog. Whoa. Like. I got to text that to Jerrica right now. Right? That is so amazing. That's. You know, it's interesting, too, because a lot of our friends have had dog issues this year. Um. We've had, I've had three friends have to put down their dogs this year. This is getting to be a very sad episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but a lot of dog health things. Yeah, well, it was the year of the dog. Um, I guess it wasn't the year for the dog. The dogs had shit. Wow. So 2019, pigs, watch out. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get mad. I'm in all these wedding groups and someone posted that they're getting married in October 2019 and they just want to know where everyone else is at. So people are commenting who are getting married in September and mm-hmm. October. Yeah. Checking in. And 
people are listing things and I was like, we don't have that. We don't have that. And there are things that are on our list, like hiring a DJ. My biggest piece of advice with a DJ is don't get the same DJ we had. I don't know if you remember. He I pulled do. everything off YouTube. Oh. It was just YouTube playing. And when the audience, the audience, when the crowd really loved a song, he just played it again. <laughs> Which I've never seen. A DJ lo- seeing, oh, they love it. Well, do it again. Um, And it's funny. There are so many pieces of wedding planning where no one is a, unless you're a wedding planner, no <laughs> person getting married, more or less, is a professional at this. And suddenly you're expected to know out of your options, who's the best florist? Who's the best DJ? Who's the best photographer? How do you pick? Yeah, you don't want to be great at planning your own wedding because that's a bad sign for your, like, how you deal with relationships. Mm-hmm. You get really good at planning your own weddings. There was someone in one of my wedding groups who was talking about, who's looking for advice on something else, but then right at the very end of her post, she says, by the way, is there any, any such thing as your fiancé being too involved in the wedding? Me and my parents are paying for the whole thing, but my fiancé wants to have a lot of say on things, and I just think I know better. Oh, my God. Right? And I just responded saying, I feel like even if you're making the bigger financial commitment, you're both committing your lives to each other. Find a way to compromise. I was going to say, don't worry. I think you'll have that chance on your second wedding. <laughs> like, whoa. Ugh. Watch out, whoever that person's marrying. I know. I feel n- nervous for them. A lot of young people in those groups, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine, then. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way she phrased it. I was I went and checked on her Facebook, and I feel like she's only, like, 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with getting married when you're 19 or 20. Mm. But there's... That's, def- that's a decision. I don't know. <laughs> but there's definitely a certain arrogance about the way you communicate at that age. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, get to your wedding rant? I did not. So, Miley Cyrus got married to Liam Hemsworth. And What? Yeah. They so got... Did we know they were together? Oh yeah. So they Okay, I was out of this. Oh, okay. He's hot, right? So for a yeah, so ba- for background <laughs> for Jarrett <laughs> and any of our listeners. Yeah, bring us um, up to speed. So Miley and Liam first got together after they filmed I think it's called The Last Song together and that was back in I want to say 2010, um, some, sometime around there. And then they were together for a few years. They broke up, and then Miley did the Wrecking Ball album, and she just had a lot of fun and did what she wanted to do. And <laughs> Jared's looking at pictures of Liam Hemsworth in a Speedo. Um, Way to go, Miley. <laughs> Miley's super hot, I guess. Who, I was going to say, who thought she'd have a problem, but... <laughs> Um, okay, I'm back. Now we're comparing Chris. I'm back with you. I'm sorry. I'm mm. closing the pictures. We'll we'll come back to those two in a second. So, I saw this article that calculated the cost of their wedding, and they go through everything. And first of all, whoever calculated this really just lowballed, looked at pictures, and said, "Oh, this must be this much, and this must be this much." They claim they took some of the prices from the websites of some of the companies they know Miley used. So for the florist, their minimum is this much. For the balloon artist, I guess, uh, their minimum is $350 for a balloon arch. Arc? Arch? Uh, arch. Arch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they go through yeah, all the- a balloon arc would be a boat. <laughs> right. Which would be buoyant. <laughs> so they go through all of the costs 
and it's about $17,000. First of all, that's super, super low. That's cheap for like a not yeah. um, rich people wedding. But what really got me, and it's, it's no knock against the calculations. This, I mean, they got a free venue. They, they had a, their wedding at their house which is great and lovely and intimate. And I look to the feelings you get in their pictures as inspiration for my wedding. But what gets me is I unintentionally roll my eyes every time in these wedding groups I'm in, someone posts asking for advice on how to keep their wedding under, say, Mm $10,000. And someone, many people, but someone chimes in and they say, well, my aunt let us use her backyard, so just find a free venue. Like, first of all, not everyone has that kind of space. I don't have any family members with that kind of space yeah. in the Lower Mainland anyway. Uh, and also, um, nothing is free. I had a friend who they got their friends, their farm, for, in quotation marks, free. But my friend had to spend... The entire summer before the wedding, prepping the yard, doing all the yard work, making Makes it look sense. nice. And so then he spent his entire, all of his evenings after work, he works a uh, um, very physical job and still his evenings were all spent getting this yard ready for the wedding. So nothing is ever free as much as it seems like it. Like I would rather Jerrica be home with me and we be discussing the guest list or discussing do we like these flowers or these napkins or whatever? Um, instead of her off mowing someone else's lawn all summer. Yeah. I'm looking now at the costs of this wedding or the ones that they estimated. And I just, $1,500 for flowers. Like that's yeah. cheap. Yeah. Th- did they have two did, flowers? Right. Exactly. A $200 wedding cake. Mm-hmm. I just, and to be fair, the wedding cake is, it's two tiers. Three. Oh, it's three. I thought it was two. Sorry. The picture looked like it was two. They said they ordered three-tiered cake and three dozen cupcakes. Oh, yeah. That's not $200. No. They did spend a lot on balloons. (laughs) So when I posted this in another wedding group I'm in, shout out to Secret Life of Weddings. Um, In in the fan group, I posted this article because we like talking about celebrity weddings. And someone commented saying, who spends $350 on balloons? And I chimed in. I said, well, admittedly, if I had the money, I definitely would. Oh, that's a, I think that's a cool cost. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun. It's beautiful. Someone has to blow them all up. Right. That's true. That's... <laughs> now I believe nothing because I'm looking at a picture and you're right. That's a fucking two-tiered cake. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they ordered three tiers. They only got <laughs> they two. missed a tier. That's why it was so cheap. <laughs> Sorry. They just gave a good discount. We missed a tier. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's inspirational. Like there's just so much warmth in these pictures. She looks exactly like her mother. They all do. And Billy Ray Cyrus looks younger than I would think. He looks like a hipster 25 year old. He looks like Dave Grohl in that picture. Uh, Jarrett is showing me the picture of Miley with her parents in front of a flower wall. He looks like Which, Dave Grohl gained 75 pounds. Side note, she has a flower wall at her wedding that is not $1,500. No, yeah, that is not $1,500 on flowers. And they're roses. Oh, my God, great observation. Mm-hmm. I know my flower walls. Yeah, I believe that Billy Ray Cyrus spent $20 on a haircut, but I don't believe those flowers were $1,500. 
2018 has been a big year for Gay Best Friends, Ashley, as you know. We've built a community through our podcast. We've had ups and downs. Side to side. Births and deaths. Adoptions. Tragedy and triumph. And we have put together, listeners for you, the best moments of 2018 at Gay Best Friends. Soon-to-be world-renowned, critically acclaimed, Michelin star-winning podcast. Uh, I hate to break your spirit here, but I don't think we'll be Michelin star. You just need to dream, Ashley. We're in the library now, so we can't do food, but eventually we will be out in the streets. I love it so much. I quote it all Christmas, but when I quote it, it's, Who am I to tell you how to make gravy? The Green County gravy champion, that's who. (laughs) 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 And she doesn't do the Oh, I was going to say that. I'm sorry. Any liquid in the world, (laughs) you go for water. (laughs) If you imagine yourself being dipped into other liquids, do any of them feel good? Oh my god, I have a list. I'm cute. I was just going to say. We would just spend hours eating brie and tortilla chips. Teddy Ruxpin. No way. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I just yeah. chose. Uh, I'd run fast. I'd be strong. I'd have beautiful hair. Did you just say ties keep your shirt on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tie it up. Okay, I need to pee. And that's just going to be a theme of recording <laughs> this podcast, apparently. Um, then, how do you not pee? I, I will have to pee after you. It's already 3.50. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. <laughs> God, that was powerful. What a year it's been, Jarrett. Looking forward to so many more with you, Ashley. Cheers to you, Jarrett. What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? So Disney is coming out with a new feature film called Jungle Cruise, and it's going to feature the first gay character in a Disney feature on Jungle Cruise. Of course he's on a cruise. <laughs> on a cruise. Maybe it's really Jungle Cruising. Oh, hey Um, So this is, I think, a fairly big deal that Disney is going there. And it, the, uh, the controversy right now around it is that there is a coming out scene for the character um, telling another character, I want to say The Rock, but I'm just insinuating because he's in it, that um, about like, having arranged marriages or his parents trying to set him up with women and him just not loving women and that not being right for him. The controversy is that he doesn't use the word gay in his coming out scene. And I want to know what you think about that. Because he does say faggy. No. <laughs> no, he does I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I... Okay. I, without seeing the scene... Mm-hmm. And we haven't. And yeah. to be fair, Jungle, I probably won't. <laughs> oh, I think I will. Um, but I think... While I prefer anyone who's queer in some way to feel comfortable enough and to be able to say, I am gay, I am a lesbian, I am bisexual, I am asexual. Sometimes that language doesn't always exist for someone. Because it's a movie for kids, it's also about creating language that the average kid does understand. And so for the character to say, I have no interest in women, yeah, or don't is language women. that kids understand where, where in a, at a time in an age where if they're in a really heteronormative community, all they see is 
men love women, women love men, or they get the talk and it's, well, when a man loves a woman. And so it gives the language of not all men love women. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes from me. So I, if people are upset they're not using the word gay, you know what? I think this is a different way to, like, it's not like they're coming out to their parents in the story. Mm-hmm. They're, well, maybe, I actually don't know. Maybe is. Um, but I think it's a more interesting way to talk about that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's not that cliche cookie cutter sitting someone down and saying, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And it also means not everyone has to be gay. Like, you and I have talked before. I identify as queer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Maybe we could stand up and celebrate Disney actually doing this instead of finding some sort of fault. Yeah. Because I think this is huge. And I think making it less of a, like I said, big cliche moment, I think makes it even better. And let's just like support the fact that they did it. Every step counts. Yeah. <whistles> All right, oh. Next up, Canada is getting a gay loony. We're going to have a coin with queens on both sides of it. Ooh. <laughs> um, so it's going to be in honor of the 50th anniversary. Uh, honor. Um, it is going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the decriminalization of homosexuality in Canada. Oh, I like that. Which, it's good to celebrate, I guess, to bring back and remind people that um, fucking someone in the bum used to be illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, but? I just find it such, I don't know, maybe I'm just a cynic. It just seems like such a weird way to commemorate something is putting something on a loony. What would you like instead? Um, the, him ending the gay blood ban? Oh, hey. Like, maybe he should celebrate this historical thing that his father did. This is Justin Trudeau, by the way. That his father decriminalized homosexuality by moving something forward. Um, I feel Trudeau has done a lot of lip service to the gay community. Um, and, you know, things that need to be done. He apologized for, um, I think, the fruit machine, getting civil servants who are queer out, um, pushed out and fired. And this just seems one more thing that was, it was, and it is actually approved by the prime minister and cabinet. Like, this is what they are personally spending their time doing, the design. Mm. Um, I just feel that it's, it feels somewhat empty. Okay, and the design is going to be a stylized rendering of two overlapping human faces within a large circle with the left half of the left face in front view and the right face in profile facing left. The two, this sounds like it was done by committee. The two faces forming one whole face in front view composed of two eyes with eyebrows and nose and mouth, that's a face, and two ears with a small hoop earring on the left ear. That doesn't sound like the greatest design. Oh my god, that's an awful design. Yeah. It also seems very male-focused. Yes. And It often is. Yeah, and so maybe in this day and age, take a chance to do something a little different. For listeners in other countries, the loony is our $1 coin. Right, $1. We get the one. Why did it put us on the $2 coin? That's a good point. The $2 coin could be so pretty, too, because you could do like a rainbow on the outside. Oh, my God. And yeah. that was just off the top of your head, and I'm that's genius. Really good. All right. <laughs> like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. So it is the end of the year, and every TV show and things do their countdowns and their lists. And here we are echoing that by turning queer, turning gay of the week into Queer of the Year. Who's your Queer of the Year, Ashley? 
I'm going to go broad because it's 20 gay teen. 20 gay teen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and there have been a lot of incredible, inspiring queer people who have come out this year, who have represented their communities this year, um, who have been general beacons of hope and light, I think, for our, our queer families. Um, so, for example, Haley Kiyoko, um, Janelle Monet is always on my list of amazing queer people. Oh, I didn't know she was gay. Oh, yeah. Well, she's, queer. she's queer. She's, yeah. And that, that's, and 2018 was her year of really, uh, talking more about her sexuality, uh, in that sense. Um, Sarah Ramirez, I believe it was this year, came out as bisexual, um, it's just been it's been a great year, and I think queer kids all around the world, or at least in North America, have a lot of great icons to look up to. Yeah, I agree, and and so I have a couple that I'm going to throw a shout out to. One of them being Emma Gonzalez from a it sounds horrible, but of Parkland shooting fame. Um, she's one of the activists that came out of that, and she is an openly bisexual teen who, amidst having the guts in a divided country on what is, I would argue, like one of their most divisive, hard issues is gun control in America. Not only did she have the strength to stand up and really push that issue um, with the horrible pain that she was given as being someone at Parkland during the shooting, she took it. I don't know if you saw, and if you haven't, you should look it up, the amazing speech she gave, where in the middle of it, she just stopped. For and took silence for what was the time of that shooting, and it was super powerful. And I think she stepped above her age, above the influence that she should have had, uh, and and really helped um, push the issue and make a really big statement. So Emma Gonzalez, I think we're looking pretty good when there are queer people of her age with the confidence and ability to stand up and you know really take their space and use their power. And then on a more a pop cultural note, I would say I'm going to throw it out to Adam Rapon, um, 2018 Olympian figure skater, openly gay, one of, shockingly, I think he was shockingly the first openly gay figure skater. Um, I'm sure not the first gay one, but the first openly gay one. And he spoke out during the Olympics about Mike Pence being the delegate lead because of Mike Pence's uh, views and disparity. Uh, against the gay community and he spoke out at a time that he didn't need to or he's just trying to perform and he's there for him for himself and what he's put a lot of effort into and he took the time to speak out and then went on to have a crazy successful year this year he won dancing with the stars he's now a judge on uh, i think dancing with the stars junior he's just he's done a lot and i think that that the fact that we can have athletes get political and use their queerness to do so i think is a really big thing and I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what um, what queer people step up in 2019. All right. Well, that's it. We're at the end of another podcast, Ashley, and the end of another year. Woo! If you like what you heard today, please subscribe on the listening app you're listening on and give us a review. Rate us a five if you feel so inclined. Yeah, and if you feel like doing less, maybe just don't. You can also find us on Instagram at Gay Best Friends Podcast. And please email us all your thoughts, opinions, and anything at Gay Best
podcast at gmail.com. Send us any hot topics you want us to cover because we're just pulling them out of our ass. Pull them out of our ass and we're just getting started. 2019 is going to be a great year for gay best friends in this podcast. And we're really excited to have you along with us for the journey. 2019. Woo!